you drive somewhere, you you find your level parking ground, you level off the truck, and then it's the next 15, 20 minutes setting up camp, which is the exact same thing if I drive my vehicle in, park it wherever I want. I've got to the, find the level spot for my tent, open up which the is back, easier. dump everything on the ground, and assemble everything. Like It's the exact same process. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, The Dirt Drive. I don't know if that's true or not, but at least you listen. So shout out to you, I mean, my if listener. You're, if you're listening, you're, it's, it's got to be on your list of favorites. Top, Yeah, hopefully. I, I would think um, so. As Tom's phone vibrates. Oh, I'm here with Tom again this week. What's up? Um, yeah, Tom's yeah, right here. Thank, just you know, being appreciative and uh, you know, thanks for listening, everybody. If you guys don't already, make sure you... You follow the podcast wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere else that we're on. That YouTube. I, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Are we yeah, doing definitely? Do, do we like the background enough yet to do videos or am I still um, just practicing? No, I think I think we're going to we're going to be there soon. I mean, this is I don't know when the, this one's scheduled to come out, but Oof. this is um, like 55, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. If, if you guys don't listen on YouTube, check out the YouTube page. We are definitely going to start doing more content yeah tom's got a fancy um, lapel mic now where he's, when he's working on his jeep he can yeah. talk yeah we're well, gonna people can hear him we're gonna finally start putting some some images to our famous or i guess increasingly infamous uh shit boxes that are always broken mine oh that you meant us like our faces no nobody cares about us <laughs> i think everyone it's more the more the jeeps that i think people are interested in seeing i always i hope so I mean, we're yeah, all, we're, we're not we're much all, to look at yeah, yeah. faces for radio yeah, if you definitely will. faces for radio thank god for youtube um but yeah, no, it's got a, a video in the works for for kind of project updates and keeping more more updates on projects there. So yeah, so surpri- surprisingly for us, um, video is a lot harder than audio. Yeah, it's easier to talk into a mic, looking at each other, than talking to a camera, talking to no one. Yeah, because we know you're there in the end, but when we're recording, you're not there. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Um, so yeah, yeah, subscribe subscribe to the YouTube if you're not already. Um, definitely some fun stuff coming there. The podcast we we are actually building out the studio you know we've always joked it's just live from my basement but the basement is becoming a legit studio yeah shout out, shout out to uh Amazon. actually i got the idea for the the sound sound stuff from uh the never inside theory luke oh, and yeah. pound sign yeah, yeah because when we talk with them they had the the purple and black so um, is that their studio where they like renting that's, a that's studio his basement space? or something oh, yeah really yeah oh, i'm jealous now yeah I, so I, because I, I know like rentable podcast studio space exists. So I kind of yeah. There's some in there's some in uh, Sterling. Just, yeah, it's expensive though. It's very expensive, which is why it's cheaper to build my basement into a legit studio. Exactly. Finally. Um, so yeah, yeah. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Um, we will have video hopefully soon. Yeah. Le- if you guys uh, ha- again haven't already, leave uh leave us some nice reviews or bad reviews wherever you listen. So send, we, us, send us questions. Yeah. We're we're gonna yep. try and do questions. I've got one question this episode. Yeah. Yeah, um, which might be a long one yep. for Tom, but it's more oh, of a boy. Tom question. Oh boy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely want to try and interact with you guys as much as we can. Um, you can contact us through the website dirtnersoffroad.com. Check out the merch there. Buy the merch. Uh, we got some designs in the works: stickers, t-shirts, hats, coffee mugs. If you guys have any things you'd like to see on there, reach out. Any stupid shit that we've said over the last yeah. fifty-five episodes, you're like, "This yeah, we, is fucking hilarious." Yeah, we have a gr- we have a long list of things that we need Super to ex- long <laughs> execute on. Uh, um, and if uh, if you happen to be good at executing any of these ideas, whether it's 
monetary donations or uh, skill set donations. We're we're open to both. Yeah. So uh, just yeah. Hum- humble men in a basement. Yeah. That sounds like a weird porn. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yeah, I think I clicked through that one the other yeah, day. Yeah. The, the, oh, wow. All righty. On um, that bombshell. Thanks for tuning in this week, yeah, everybody. Right. Um, no, so this week is a is a kind of an interesting one. Um, I've got my list of ideas. I had one planned, but we don't have the infrastructure and the people for it. Um, so we are going to go through on how to pick a campsite yeah. with the the wheeling season. Oh shit! Hiccups. It's been a long All day right. with the wheeling season coming up and the and the overlanding season and just the general camping yeah. season. Um, a big thing that honestly we struggled with when we first got into the sport, the activity, whatever you want to call it. We had a horrible campsite. Oh god! Our yeah. first campsite was miserable. Yeah, I, it was a good location, but when it, when it rained, it turned into a, a stream. Yeah, and I forgot about that until we talked to Alex like uh, last week. I feel like though, I mean, I, I know that's not like specific to the cove, but I think that site anywhere else would be awesome. Would be awesome. I think I think the the puddle issue was more so the maintenance aspect and the 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 structure of the park than it yeah. was how the site was laid out. Um I mean most of the spots at the cove are pretty awesome. Are are pretty great spots. Um I mean which makes yeah, what, sense cuz they're designed to be campsites. What screwed us then was weather. Yeah. And we didn't account for weather when we set up camp. Correct. We, yeah. we set up I mean in, in what was like a, a miniature valley with yeah. we we found the flat spot in a miniature valley. Yeah. So all the water funneled. Yep. Into our campsite. I mean, it and also, we, we've learned since then. I, I yeah. The other factor there was that was a really wet summer. That was the year that I think Virginia broke. That was nineteen. I thought it was eighteen. Eighteen or nineteen. It was either know. eighteen or nineteen. It was the like there was a there was a year where we like Virginia broke its record for historic rainfall. Yeah. Because that was also the same year like my basement flooded twice and I had a bunch of like land work done at the house because of low lying areas that we didn't know existed that just became standing water problems. Like there was a ton of water issues. Yeah. So I think that campsite was washed out to begin with. And then that trip specifically, it rained endlessly for the whole three days to the point yeah. where we were racing beer cans through the campsite. Yeah. I think the last time it rained that much was the night, the, the, the time we went with Habib and we're like, it's uh, raining too yeah. much. We're going back to um, Tim's house. It's yeah. the closest house. We're going to keep drinking beer and hanging yep. out there. Yep. But like, this is too bad. Yeah. So I think the first step when you're planning a trip is figuring out how many people you have coming so you know how big of a site to look yep. for. Um, and I think the the first site we were at was awesome. It was a really good site for the number of people for the location. It was really widespread. We yeah. spread, God, it was probably, I don't know, a football field we were spread across. Not even. Half a football field yeah, maybe. Yeah, but it was, was it was a big that. spot that we were across. Yeah, I mean <laughs> enough for for four trailers. I was gonna say again, being the cove and like being designated camp areas, like they're pretty well cleared. And we were always fortunate because one of the reasons we loved picking it was there was an area next to it that we could park everything. Correct. Like we didn't have to take up campsite space to park the rigs. And like I mean, that's always a nice benefit of of whatnot. I mean. As we get into overlanding, where like the rigs are also the, the camping and the camping, like uh, not not so much because I'm dedicated, at least as of right now, when we have big dogs to ground tents. Oh yeah, well yeah, I'm not. 
not with the camper. Oh yeah, you've got your camper, but I'm but, I'm still pro ground tent. Sure, I can't yeah, I yeah, can't yeah, get so two. I. I can't get two six as my wife says sixty pound dogs. They're not sixty pounds. Seventy five, eighty yeah, pound Odin's dogs. Leg is sixty. Pounds. Yeah, he's a thick, beefy boy. <laughs> yeah. One beefy boy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not lifting dogs into a rooftop yeah, tent no. to have them squirm around and break a bolt and then right. the rooftop tent fall off the Jeep. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I, I I am definitely a pro ground tent person, especially if you're planning on staying at your campsite for a while. Yeah. Uh, Which yeah. is a downside for overlanding because you don't. <sighs> you, but with what we saw is we can set up two, two skilled campers can set, set up, up a, a, tent. a ground tent at the same time someone can set up a rooftop, a rooftop tent. tent. Well, and like this, this is this is why are you like? It's great. Yes, your tent can be deployed and ready to sleep in quicker than I can set up a ground tent. But that's not the only step. I feel like to it's so setting. backwards calling it a ground tent because that is a tent. It is a tent. Yeah, but we're talking about overlanding, so we have to d- differentiate. Correct. Ground tent, rooftop tent. Um, it just feels wrong. I agree with you. Um, but. Th- that's not opening the tent is not the only step, right? Like you got to level the vehicle first. And unless you're going four corner air suspension or you're driving a Rivian with four corner air suspension, it takes a while. It takes a while. And you're going to, you know, you got to stack your max tracks. You got to get rocks. You got to logs. Find, yeah. Anything. You got to find the perfect. We used, we shit, used, we had, we had to level my truck in your driveway. Four by fours. Right. Just for me to camp in your, in your front yard the other day. Like, like th- there's a process there. And in that process, well, Sean was doing that. You and I had already assembled all the poles. The Taj Mahal. Yeah, yeah. The, my the, my the tent is like the well, two bedroom tent. It's it's fifteen <laughs> by seven. Yeah. What is it? What is the, the the math on that? Fifteen by seven. I can't do math uh, that quick. Hold on. It's a lot of square feet. Five, three, eighty, eighty-five square feet. Hold on. Fifteen times seven. One hundred five. One hundred five oh, square shit. feet. My tent is 105 yeah. square feet. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seven. Seven, not five. Yeah. Um, Quick yeah. maths. Yeah, I was close. Yeah. I, I carried the three. I just added it to five instead of seven. I don't do Anyway. I don't do uh, long math. So, like, because the, the other factor with that, right? Like, we were just talking about moving campsites. So, yeah, your tent's connected to your vehicle. But then after Sean was done setting up the tent and leveling the Jeep, he wasn't done. Then we... Pulled out the awning, opened up the back, get the two scottles out, get the chairs out, set up the rope lights on the awning, plug those in. Like, it's not like the like overlanding is you just go pop the tent, fall asleep, wake up, you could. close it. You, you definitely could. could. You could. I'm not saying that people don't necessarily do that, but that's not what it's become, right? There's there's these slide out kitchens. There's there's cooking. They're like your entire vehicle. You it's a transformer style setup where yeah. you drive somewhere you you. Find your level parking ground, you level off the truck, and then it's the next 15, 20 minutes setting up camp, which is the exact same thing if I drive my vehicle in, park it wherever I want. I've got to the, find the level spot for my tent, open up which the is back, easier. dump everything on the ground, and assemble everything. Like It's the exact same process. The only benefit is... It's easier to pack up at the end of the day. It looks better on Instagram. I, I would say it's a little <laughs> easier to pack up at the end of the day, maybe. And it looks better You don't on have Instagram. to worry about it being dry, because... You can pack a rooftop tent wet if you're going to open sure. it again the next day. But it, oh, but again, to that same point, it has the same downfall. You got to open it the next day to dry it out. But you also don't have to worry about putting your rainfly on because the rainfly is built into the rooftop tent. I will give it that too. 
Yeah. So you don't have to worry about all I, the inside I, of a getaway. I, 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 I see. I see the the, yeah. the positives and negatives of both. Yeah, I, I think the rooftop tents are higher quality tents than yeah our for, Coleman for four thousand dollars. It better be. Yeah. It better be. Um, which from the guys we've talked to at SEMA, they're not right. Well, and a lot of them aren't. A lot of them aren't. But I think that's the that's always going to be the trade off, right? Like you know, the other argument's going to be cargo space. You know, if you carry your ground tent. You're losing cargo space for other gear, but cargo no go space, cargo road, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, yeah. Uh, that, and that's one thing that we found with the two door is yeah. is that's why we're calling it micro overlanding because we have to figure out how to to manage the, the manage the cargo space, which is with also like we talked about with with our, our friends at Big Boy EDC. Like it's it's all about the the P's of preparedness. <laughs> The you it, it just you just got to plan and and know what you have and know how to use what you have and only bring what you need. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think overlanding has become the kitchen an exor- sink. It has an, an exercise in excessivity. Is that a word? Excessiveness. Excessivity. <laughs> I think it's excessiveness. Excessiveness. Um, I think I just tried to make up. It's, a word it's not overbuilt. It's overlanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is over. Like it. it you just. It's whatever you can fit. Like how much crap? Well, so can I so fit? much, so much of the Instagram overlanding is overbuilt. Oh yeah, it's like it's like for the trails you're doing. Yeah, you don't need a Hemi. You don't need tons. Yeah, you need a stock Jeep yeah. with a decent setup right. and maybe lockers right. at most. Yeah, and for your weekend overland trip on fire roads, you don't need the hundred and five quart Dometic fridge freezer. Yeah. with the Wi-Fi controller, you don't need. A thousand watt solar panel. You don't need, you know, a hundred foot recovery ropes. You don't six thousand dollar rooftop tent. Right. Like you can get away with a ground tent and a camp stove. Or if you really want to, like, if you're on the East Coast and you don't have to worry about fire, just start a campfire. Yeah. And bring yourself some cast iron. Right. Then you don't even need to carry propane with you. Fair. Yeah. You like, just need a fire starter. You need your right. big lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Your big lighter and some some dryer lint. Yeah. Like, that was such such a good. That was piece great of advice. Episode. Um. um so like, like yeah, I think we're getting a little off topic on the campsite. The campsite, yeah, it's fine. But like in general, a level campsite is the most important key, thing, regardless of what you're camping in. Because like even your your ground tent, you want to be on relatively yeah, flat level. Clear loose. the sticks. Yeah, no roots, rocks, flat ground, rocks, or just get a cot. That oh, the helps. cot changed like, the changer. world. I think that was my idea yeah. too. I don't know where I saw the cot. I might have seen it somewhere else at the site. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm buying a cot, and then I showed you guys, and you guys yeah. showed up the next trip with cots. Everyone had cots. Yeah, yeah. game changer. Yeah, uh, between between that and then, um, you remember Ben had the inflatable queen size yeah. mattress yeah. that he had in his two man tent, and you could see it bursting out the side of the tent against yeah. the walls. So good. Oh, I love that. Uh, Compared to what I started with was the uh, the backpacking inflatable yeah. where you had to blow into it, and it was like so, half an inch thick. I'm, I'm bougie. I used to put that on my cot. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's excellent work. But now you're extra bougie because you got the skinny yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks to connections. But yeah. Um, the, I think the, the, all of the, the luxuries aside, the, to me, I would take an unlevel Rocky campground if it had phenomenal views. Oh yeah. 
Well, like, my favorite campground we've ever been at is where we recorded that podcast with yes. Tara Overland. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. I, I I would camp there for days. I'll go. You want to go back? Let's go. All right. Episode's Memor- over. <laughs> Memorial Day. So so Memorial Day weekend, we got the thing at uh, Alex's house. True. Um, you- that's Sunday. We Are you guys taking Monday off? Yeah. Oh, Let's go yeah. Sunday night. I got to get a lift kit for my truck. You don't have to get a lift kit for your truck. That is right off of no, that no, overlook. No, I did. Because I got an awning. To go on the side of it, and <laughs> if I don't lift the truck, I'm going to hit my head on the awning. You're an idiot. <laughs> Let's just go back that Sunday. Let's yeah. plan a trip. All right, no, that's, uh, done. We can post the done. coordinates if you guys want to join us in Virginia. Well, that could it's, be fun. It's a small, small campsite. Mac- Mackenzie's already did down. You, did you mark that? One? I did mark it. Yeah, I've got it marked yes. on Gaia. Um, when we came back from our honeymoon, we drove right past. We I took Mackenzie. I'm like, eh, it's only an extra like 45 minutes down this yeah. fire road. It was actually like two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Who cares? But I mark. It's a it's a it's a quick 45 minutes. I marked it again on guy. It is uh-huh. six o'clock. All right. This week we'd like to thank our partner over at Rock Tricks Wheels. Rock Tricks has been independently manufacturing parts and accessories for the off road industry for well over 10 years. Rocktrix offers the best, high-quality, high-strength aluminum wheels for all your off-road needs. You can use Dirt Drive, that's Dirt Drive, for 5% off your entire order on the website. You can find their website linked in today's show notes. Thank you, Rocktrix, for supporting today's show, and thanks to all of our listeners for supporting companies that support us. Joints no longer functioning like they used to? Struggling to perform even in the lightest of loads? Do you fall short of expectations? You may be suffering from DD. Driveshaft dysfunction. Call Adam's Driveshaft to get your shaft fixed up right and back in the game. The off-road game. Their high-quality shafts and attention to detail is second to none. That's if you want a Woody. Call Adam's or go online to use your discount code DIRTDRIVE for 15% off your order. So, to that point, though, like like you said, marketing it on Gaia, like, what we learned from Sean, if it isn't, if the road isn't blocked and it has a fire ring built in it, it is legal, legal dispersed camping in any national forest. Yep. So like, well, you can't camp anywhere. You have to camp in specific dispersed camp sites in the forest. I thought he, I thought he said you could camp anywhere as long as it had a fire ring. Okay. Uh, well, you can't just pull off on the side of the road and like cut down some trees and oh, yeah, pull out the old Milwaukee weed whacker and make a campsite. I mean, you probably could probably could get away with it, but. Yeah, who's who's tracking you? There's yeah, not going to be uh, a shield isn't coming so, up with their yeah yeah. So like using a, an app like Gaia or Onyx Off Road is great because you can mark those spots as you're driving. So like maybe you're not at your destination, but you find a killer campsite and you want to go back to it that night. Yeah, like like that's a great way to track them. Or if you want to go back to it after you've been there once or twice. Well, another benefit of using at least Gaia because I haven't messed with. I've heard that Onyx has gotten better. They just released their route builder. Yeah, which is basically turns it into. Do they Gaia. have? Do they have uh, top up by ten feet and incre- increments like Gaia does? Uh, that's probably in a premium setting that I don't use. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't experienced it. Uh, I haven't gone through it yet. I pay for. I pay for Gaia, and Gaia has top up by ten feet. Right. So you can find like if you're doing your pre-planned trip, you can find this looks like oh, a good is this spot. Cam- is this campsite going to be? 20 feet in elevation yeah so like that way hill. that way you can yeah. see where your campsite is because yeah, you yeah. can see you can track you if the you know how to read areas. a topographic map yeah you can see that the distance between your your Points. topographic lines and see yeah. this looks like a relatively flat spot because there's not yeah crazy elevation changes yeah I mean, that's definitely another another episode as well but yeah we i don't know i have i've got mapping as another episode idea i just 
that's another Sean episode, yeah. like like comms, because yeah. I don't know enough about it. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe we'll just straight we up can get, just put a microphone in front of Sean and be like, "Hey, tell us about GMRS," and just walk for like, away. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just walk away with it recording. We'll, we'll get the, we'll get the, we'll get the rugged guys and we'll get the Onyx guys. Yeah, uh, if you got connections, let us know. We'll, we'd love yeah. to talk to them. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Another call to action: tell tell us what do you guys look for in campsites? Yeah, like, yeah, we, we we have our basic regulations, which is flat, dry places like like fire if fire pit, fire pit. If there's, um, like if we're in a national forest and we've got stuff that we don't want to keep in our Jeep or like we've got trash places with high enough limbs to yeah. hang our trash from. So we don't yeah. attract wildlife, um, which is, a, which is another big thing that people don't think about. Like when we were out with Sean, yeah, well, he, he was like, oh yeah, we don't have to hang our trash tonight because we can do this, that and the other. And I'm like, I haven't sure. thought about that since yeah. Boy Scouts. Right. Because when every time we'd been camping at four wing at the same time, it was at the cove and it's loud. People and are no, yeah. blasting music and revving engines till three in the morning. No wildlife is coming around for miles because they're as terrified as we are. Yeah. I went to go send a, um, <laughs> when, I, when I walked down to that Rock Creek bed to send that text message, and I'm like, shit, I'm like 200 yards away from everyone. And I'm completely vulnerable right now. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, like I was like holding the, uh, <laughs> the the GPS thing the yeah. uh, what the hell the, was it in reach the Garmin, the, the Garmin in reach up yeah. looking for service and I'm like I'm looking at this fucking piece of technology I'm gonna get mauled by a bear <laughs> yeah. or a mountain lion or something yeah. by a cougar <laughs> I wouldn't say no to that <laughs> hey oh not Ashburn different different kind of cougar future Tim Duck <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I I don't know I mean it, there are probably people who put in a lot more thought. And like have like favorite campsites and things like that, but it's I, th- I feel like it falls in our philosophy of most of the stuff we talk about. It doesn't have to be complicated. No, just just find find something make that sure works. You got enough space. Make sure it's flat, and bonuses if it's f- cool, cool shit. Yeah, if it's in a cool place, it's got a beautiful view. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I yeah. don't know if we have a lot yeah, to talk about on this topic. Yeah, um, but know. we can we can split this episode in half. Yeah, I was gonna say we had, we had a we had a viewer question, right? It's from the same viewer. Okay, I told him ah, it's a great question about the the pats. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's week. like, oh shit, I got a different one then. Um, shout out to Tom and Max two thousand two on Instagram. Um, that's really not our Tom. And it's Max. not our Tom and Max. So completely weird. different guy. Is Max's dog like? Does that Max? Tom and Max, two thousand two. If you're listening, if you could let us know if uh, Max is your dog or not, because that would be that would really that would be wild. Just be like a Rick and Morty thing. Like it's Tom and Max from the future or from the past. Who knows? Um, he said, "Is it worth building out a building the fuck out of a Dana thirty or doing a forty four swap?" I think we have multiple episodes. On I think this. we do. However, in so, what, so in what I'm assuming a JK. <sighs> Statistically speaking, it's probably probably a JK. a JK. So what I did is with with my build is budget wise for me it was worth because I I never want to go bigger than a 35 period. Yeah, 35 is my max. So it all depends on tire size. Yeah. Um, for me, tire if size a thir- and weight. But yeah, if a 35 is your max, yep, you can get away with building a 30. Yes. Truss, gussets, sleeves, yep. uh, lockers, yep. heavy duty, heavy duty gears. Because they make, do they make extra hardened gears, or uh, is that a thing that I just made from, up in my head? From a JK standpoint, most of the aftermarket stuff is heavy duty. 
Like if you go with a Revolution or a Yukon, it's or, like heat treated yeah, and all that shit. Like I mean, that's it. It's a pretty heavy duty part, regardless of its use. Um, but as long as you're going good quality, like there's there's some cheap stuff out there that's just not going to last, regardless of what you use but it for. But nuts to bolts, you're gonna beginning to end. You're gonna end up spending about the same building out of thirty with with chromos. And everything else as putting a putting a forty four in. It depends. So so this is this is this is why there's multiple episodes on it because there's no right answer. If if this is a JK, if it's a Dana thirty JK axle, yes. It in there are situations where it is worth it to spend the money to build out a thirty. Like for for me in the two door. Since it's yes, hundred percent. That's actually a great example. So I'm not going thir- bigger than thirty five. Thirty fives are under. No need for a front locker. And I may do a front limited slip eventually. Right. Maybe mild to light overlanding or rock trails. If you're if you're sticking to greens and really easy blues and you're light on the throttle and you've got a well armored thirty. You will survive. Well, it's also it's also easy to do because that's also a step process. Like, yeah. like if you, I've got a, a it's a low mileage JK. It's got sixty thousand miles on it. When I do my uh, axle seals, I'll do sleeves because all you have to do is do a, a few spot welds, slide the sleeves in, spot weld it around, yeah, and it's good to go. Yeah, and then next service, if I do ball joints, I'll yeah. do truss and trusses, yeah. yep. or I'll do gussets because you should do. You shouldn't yeah. weld with the, yeah. with the ball joints well, in. No, you should weld with the ball joints in, but you need to replace the ball joints after because yep. it, it'll just burn up the ball joint. Correct. Yeah. And, Which, then, and then gussets are, or I had a, trusses are easy after that. I had a, I'm not going to call them out yet because I still like them and I still like their products, but I did have a guy at a relatively, well, I should say relatively, at a large name brand parts builder tell me that you don't need to remove ball joints to weld in gussets. Uh, what? Yeah, and I was like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, if you got a problem, you just—I mean, you can replace them." But, but I, I've never heard of anybody doing that. And I was like, "That sounds sketchy." I'm like, "I'm pretty sure most people who make the gussets and the trusses tell you, tell to, you replace to replace them, replace the ball joints." But anyway, uh, that's—I digress there. Yeah, I, I think I might, I'll probably take heat from the the rock crawling world for this, but in there are use cases where dumping a money into a thirty is worth it. Yeah. Uh, especially because if you can do it as a a build over time like like sure. i plan on doing yeah. like is a 44 stronger and better 100 percent of the time yes is it necessary is it stronger and better it's stronger the gears are stronger the housing is the same no it's the, not. The, is the tube well, thic- is the tube yeah, thickness yes different? if we're t- if we're talking if we're talking about jk specifically yes the tube the, thickness is the same the du- tube di- thickness is the same the outer seas are the same the the ball joints are the same the knuckles are the same the brakes are the same the internal guts of the, the pumpkin is different and the internal guts are right. different uh, and that's it which it so still, it's literally just the pumpkin piece is yeah, different which still makes it better yeah like, exactly. like the 44 is still a it's stronger just, axle because, because of the bigger ring gear right um but a bone stock 44 versus a built 30 that built 30 will handle the abuse just fine as long as you yeah mild abuse right as long as you you like for your use case yeah if you're building if you're trying to build a badass rock crawler would you put a locker i wouldn't put a locker in a 30 <sighs> it, i think 
if you're if you're going to go full e locker at that point, you might as well start with an empty forty four. Correct. Or like, because like, th- th- this is this is how we I look at it. If you're doing the work yourself, right? If we don't include labor in this, because I don't I don't know what his what yeah I, I don't his know background I didn't, I didn't is, get much detail. On but it. assuming he can weld and set up gears on his own, you're for for the front gears only. You're four hundred dollars for that gear set for bearing seals yep. gears. You're eleven hundred on the low end for an e locker. You're two hundred bucks for a truss and gusset kit, and then another two hundred bucks for assuming you're doing all your setup and you're welding yourself. Correct. At that point, right, you are halfway to buying a fully built Dana Ultimate forty four that bolts into your Jeep. Correct. So like, you know, if you if if you can do all the work yourself, it's worth it to build it with the locker. If you're gonna pay a shop, like for us to do it, I can put in a Dana forty four that's built with the gears you want and the locker pre installed and bolted into your Jeep for less money than I can build out your thirty. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of the but th- the thing that a lot of people that buy off the shelf 44s don't consider especially if you're going with a dana off the shelf 44 is same tube thickness same ball no, joints no, no it's the different u- the ultimates are above oh, okay factory. so the ultimate okay so like the ultimates are five I, not five sixteenths no it is five sixteenths. i think it's five sixteenths because yeah, it's quarter inch tube for no it's, it's five sixteenths wall tube quarter inch brackets okay if i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure yeah we're usually wrong sure. fact check uh, but the bet the benefit like one of the reasons I love using the Dana Ultimate axles, it's all it's all OE parts. Yeah. So if you're halfway across the country and your ball joints fail, you can it's off the shelf ball joints, and they give you a parts list with Dana part number, so you can yeah, it's awesome. Any parts house can cross reference that part number, and you can get a replacement ball joint for your axle. Uh, you know when you start looking at Dynatrack, Terraflex, you're using just that you can only replace with just their parts, right? Um, you know, yeah, there's things that may fit, but that's now, now you're relying on you or the shop to know what can be replaced and where, where Dana is literally OEM parts. They are an OEM supplier. If you have a 2012 JK and you put a Dana ultimate 44 in it and you order brakes for a 2012 JK, they are going to fit your axle. Yeah. Um, wheel speed sensors, the same hubs, the same ball joints are the same. You know, like literally everything's a factory part, just better. Yeah. Like there's there's higher versions of it, but it's an easy OE fitment. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think I think people sleep on building a stock axle first, replacing it because not non locked thirty build the shit out if you don't plan yeah. on locking it. Yeah. If you plan on locking it, go to forty four. Would you say that's a good cutoff? <sighs> no, no. The the cut the cutoff will always be. Tire size and use. Okay, fair. If if you if you if you if you're bigger than thirty five and you're not locked, if you're gonna if you're gonna build it out in stages like like you were talking about, like for for your project, yeah. If you're gonna go through and truss it and gusset it and, and sleeve it, and then over work, time, over time, and then it comes time to like, okay, I need to rebuild my diffs and you're re because at the, at the end of the day, chances are you're gonna rebuild both axles. Yeah. Right. So now even if you're doing it yourself, you're spending probably close to three thousand dollars, if not more. In parts, retail parts, you can buy that whole axle for five grand. So, like, yeah, at some point, it does go. Hey, I'm spending a lot of money on 
something that I'm still limited on, right? Like even with all of that work done, you're still going to really be pushing your limits at a 37. Like if you're babying it and you only ever drive the highway, that Dana 30 will, will handle a 37. But if you do start getting into harder trails, you're going to eat up your expensive parts at that point because you've, your fusible link has become your ring. Your ring here. Yeah. Uh, and that does get expensive, which is why, like, there, there's always the limitation. If you want to, if you want to spend the money and put a locker in it, that's fine. I don't. I personally wouldn't. If I'm going to spend three thousand dollars, I'd, I'd wait and get something bigger. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's that's why I said that that limited slip first locker on the front end right. is is that like with the 35, 37 limited slip first locker is is that breakover point for for forty fours for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. At least from a cost standpoint. But again, if you're doing limited fire road, light wheeling, daily driving, and you're just looking to make your axle more reliable. Oh, you know, I didn't include chromalis in that. So that price oh, yeah. goes up higher because that's $1,100. Yeah, I spent, I spent $600 on chromas. So yeah. 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 So, you know, maybe at that point. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're going to put an e-locker in a Dana 30, just buy the 44 and yeah. you're done. That's what I said. That's, that's my yeah, I, point, I, I, I forgot axle shafts. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, if you're gonna, if you want a selectable locker, that's gonna be the, the 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 breakoff point. Yeah, if you want to put money to it, cool. Or thirty sevens. Send us more questions. We appreciate all you listeners. I know it was a short episode this week. Um, we will be back next week with a little bit longer one. Hopefully, a lot longer one. Hopefully, um, you guys know where to find us. Dirt is off road. Dirt is motors at the dirt drive. Um, everywhere social and. DirtNerdsOffRoad.com. Like and subscribe. All of our stuff. Like and subscribe. Share. Tell your friends. Uh, We are more than a year in. So, I mean, we're here to stay. So, yeah. Definitely. uh, We're converting the basement at this point. So, like. Yeah, we're doing it. We're we're official. Head first in the shallow end, baby. Here we go. Shit, that hurts. All right, guys. uh, Thank you for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Adios. Are you enjoying this podcast? Do you want more ridiculousness from the Dirt Nerds? Check out DirtNerdsOffRoad.com. It'll link to all of our social media as well as our YouTube page. And you can pick up some sweet merch to help support the podcast and other adventures.